0: Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. It's so good to be together for such a time as this because we know that Jesus is the reason for the season. But we also know that God is not far from us. In fact, the Bible declares that he's near to us. We've been reminded again and again and again throughout scripture that as we draw closer to God, God will draw closer to us. Bible says in Psalms 133, it says, verse one, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And I wanna encourage you today. There might be a lot of chaos out there in the world. There might be a lot of disunity. In our government, there might be a lot of disunity in our culture. There might be a lot of disunity in our nation. But in the house of God, God requires our unity with one another and with his presence and his power and his will for all of our lives. And so it's a good thing when we come together. Amen? It's a good thing because the body of Christ is essential for this season. You know, one of the things that I that I grew up as a born-again believer after... 19 years of age, I can remember like it was yesterday when I came to Jesus. And many of you have heard this story, and I can't help but but tell it again and again and again because it's my testimony of His goodness, of His mercy, and of His grace. I remember hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ for the very first time in a little Pentecostal church here in Hawthorne, California, And I remember Roxanne inviting me in and going to that church, and I heard it for the very first time. And just like we have at our church, altar calls, they they presented an altar call for me to respond to the message. And I raised my hand and I came down. And in that moment, I could recall this tangibly, that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I asked God to forgive me, first and foremost, I knew that I was forgiven. And not only did I know that I was forgiven, But I also was made to know that I was a new creation in that very moment. That all things passed away and all things would now become brand new. But also something very divine happened to me in that moment. Not only did I know that I was a new creation, not only did I know that I was forgiven, not only did I know that Jesus was sent to die on a cross and resurrect from the dead, To redeem me and reconcile me back into a restored relationship with the Father. But in that moment, I felt embraced by his presence. I felt his His presence. and And I cried and I cried. And I got up from that altar and I went back to my seat. And maybe for everybody else it was just another church service. But for me, it was a divine encounter with the very presence of God. And what I want you to hear today is that God still allows us to have those kind of encounters with him as his children. There's nothing more that God wants than to embrace us in his love. You know, I'm reminded that at that very moment, I was completely changed from who I was to who God was making me to be. And I know that in his presence... That in his presence there is power. That in his presence there is freedom. That in his presence there is anointing. That in his presence there is restoration. And if I'm just being honest, I wish I had more encounters like that throughout the 30 years of my Christianity. I wish I could say that, that I experienced that every single day of my life, that feeling of being embraced. But how many know that we don't go by what we feel? That we go by what we know, and we know that God is with us, that God is for us, and that God is in us. He's made his dwelling with us. And so I want to talk about the promise of his presence for just a couple minutes. You know, in one one moment in God's presence can change our lives forever. And it doesn't really matter what we've gone through in life. It doesn't really matter what we were raised into religiously or, or even, even as an, as an unbeliever or an, or an atheist. It doesn't matter what our, our culture is, what nation we were birthed in. It, none of that matters. None of that matters. One moment in the presence of God's love, in the presence of, of, of His mercy and His grace and His truth can transform everyone and anyone in this room in the twinkling of an eye from living in darkness and brokenness to given a new life in Christ. Not not without turmoil, not without trial, not without problems throughout our life, but knowing that God is with us. In fact, isn't that what Christmas is all about? Emmanuel, God is with us. You know, if you were to ask Adam and Eve, how important the presence of God is. They would tell you, don't run from God when you mess up. Don't hide from God when you mess up, but run to God. Run to him. Don't hide from him. Don't try to cover up your mess, but bring it before him in the nakedness of that truth. And he'll restore you. He'll redeem you. He will heal you and and give you a brand new future. Ask Moses, and he'll probably tell you that the very first encounter with God freaked him out a little bit. I mean, he, who wouldn't be freaked out when 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 a bush engulfed in flames starts to speak to you? Some of you be like, "That man, that, that sounds like an acid trip." He was on a good one. No, God was communicating with a son, a son that He would redeem for His will and His purpose. And Moses, if you study the life of Moses, Moses would, would move forward into this relationship with God. And God would empower him and anoint him to lead the children out of Israel. But you know the story. They would go through the, the, the wilderness for 40 years. And, 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 and we know that God led them with a pillar of fire by night in a cloud by day, we know that God sustained them and kept them in that wilderness for 40 years. And Moses made this declaration of God. Moses loved the presence of God so much that Moses would say in Exodus 33. He'd say, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from this place. So you got to catch this, church. They're struggling in the wilderness. And God's preparing to transition a new generation into the promised land. And Moses makes this declaration to God. God, I would rather live in the wilderness for the rest of my life in your presence than to go into the promised land without your presence. Think about that with me for just a moment. It was more important to Moses that the presence of God was with him at all times because he would rather live in difficulty than in blessing. He would rather live in the desert than in the, in the place flowing with milk and honey. Because if God's presence wasn't in the promised land, he'd rather live in the wilderness under a difficult situation because he knew God would sustain him. He knew that God would see him through the difficult times. He knew that God would provide for him. The presence of God was everything to Moses. Ask King David how important the presence of God is. We know King David messed up. We know King David had a moral failure with Bathsheba. But we knew that there was something different about David because God declared about David, he's a man after my own heart. What was it about David that made him a man after God's own heart? I think David knew how to honor the presence of God and the will of God, even though he fell short of that. He repented when he said in Psalms 51, he said, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. So David understood that the presence of God was important for his relationship to God. Ask King Jehoshaphat when he was surrounded by his enemies and there was no way out of this. They were going to get slaughtered. And yet God would speak to this king as this king went into a time of prayer and fasting and worship before God. And God responds to this king in 2 Chronicles 20:17. God said, you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or do, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. I'm reminded of Elijah and Elisha. And and their encounter with God. I'm I'm reminded of of a disciple that they had that that went out to meet with the armies that were coming after them. And and here Elijah uh, sends out his his disciple out there. and, And he comes back with a bad report. He goes, we're surrounded. We're dead ducks here. It's a done deal. There's no way out of this. And Elijah prays, oh God, that you would open his eyes and let him see. And in that moment, that realm, that spiritual realm was removed. And what they saw was angels and chariots of fire that not only surrounded them, but surrounded their enemy. And Elijah made the declaration, there are more with us than there are against us. You see, the presence of God is everything to the children of Israel. It's a very reason why God allowed them to build the Ark of the Covenant, because that is where His presence rested, when He met with the Levitical priesthood. Asked Jacob how important the presence of God is when He went and wrestled with God, one on one with God, and He said, "I'm not going to let you go until you bless me." And God says, "Okay." Touches His, his the hip of His body and, and 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 displaces His hip, and Jacob would never walk the same again. Because he wrestled with God. And the Bible said he wrestled with God and won because God gave him what he went into his presence to get. And here's what some of you need to hear. When you get into the presence of God, I promise you, you'll never leave the same way you came in. Ask four boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, how important the presence of God was. When they wouldn't bow down, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, to his idolic God, because they declared that there's only one God, and he threw them into the fire, and they weren't in the fire by themselves. There was one more in the fire with them. It was the very presence of God. And when they come out of that fire, guess who King Nebuchadnezzar bows down to? The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Asked Daniel when he prayed, and they told him not to pray, but he said, I'm going to pray regardless. Whether you tell me to pray or not, I'm going to pray to my God. And they throw him in the lion's den. And guess what? Those lions were little kittens because of the presence of God that was on Daniel. Guess who got thrown in there and eaten up? The ones that came against him. Can I keep going? Should we talk about the presence of God a little bit more? David said, where can I hide from you? If I go to the depths of the sea, that you're there. If I go to the mountaintops, you're there. In the valleys and everywhere, I can't escape your presence. There's something powerful that we dismiss when it comes to the presence of God. Listen, Church. It is for the very reason our very first value in our church is that we are a presence driven church because we honor the presence of God. When we sing songs, we're not trying to entertain anybody. We're trying to worship and show the adoration of our hearts to the very presence of God because he's in this place. He said it in his word, "Where two or three are gathered, I am right there in the midst of them." I can keep going. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Most High God. I can keep going. He said that he's released his Holy Spirit as a mark and a sign and a seal on your life. He said it over and over again. Over 365 times in the Old and New Testament he said, don't be afraid, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you even unto the end of the age. <laughs> Why? Because he gave us the promise of his presence. God's promised presence brings freedom. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. Paul the apostle said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is... Come on, look at somebody and tell them, you're free. You're free. I believe that. Why? Because I'm in his presence. Sin has no hold on your life. Not because you have the power to reject it, because God is with you and enabled you to say no to sin and yes to his presence. There's something tangible and miraculous, divine, about his presence. Ask Paul the Apostle, who used to be Saul of Tarsus. Ask him how how powerful the presence of God is. He was on the road to Damascus to go and charge some more Christians with with heresy and and have them put to death and, and imprisoned and put to death. And Jesus himself knocks him off his high horse. And Paul, for the very first time, experiences the very tangible presence of God. And Paul and Silas were in the jail cell. And they worshiped God. And the, the jail began to shake. And the doors began to be flinged open. Why? Because of the presence of God was in that room. Listen. The very same presence that I'm talking about throughout Scripture is available in here today. God's presence is everything. The psalmist wrote in, in Psalm 1611, it says, You make known to me the path of my life. In your presence, come on, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Here's another way of saying it. Don't be intimidated by life. Don't be anxious. Stop being stressed out. Look at somebody and tell them, stop being stressed. Come on, say it again. Stop being stressed. Somebody needs to say this with me. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Right? I'm blessed not because of me, but because of him. I'm blessed because his presence is here. And if it's not here, I don't want to be here. I want to be wherever his presence is. This is the power of the bride of Christ that Jesus is the head. He's the pastor of this house, He's the lead shepherd of this house. And this body of believers carries the holy presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God. That's what makes you and I so different than everybody else. It's not that we're better, it's just that we're blessed. I'm not better than anybody, I'm just blessed. Come on, look at somebody and tell them I'm blessed. Well, I don't feel blessed right now. (laughs) You're breathing, you're blessed. Come on, you woke up in a bed, you're blessed. You got a roof over your head, you're blessed. Come on, you got electricity, you're blessed. And if you don't got electricity but you got a candle, you're blessed. Come on. You go to a church that's got snow in the parking lot, you're blessed. (laughs) We may not have it all together. We might not have it all right. Right? We may be struggling in different areas of our lives. But listen, let 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 me get your mind off of those things and let me bring you back to a truth. You're blessed. If you have Jesus in your life, you're blessed. you have Jesus in your heart, you're blessed. Come on, you're blessed. I know 2020 has been hard. I know, I get it. I understand that we've lost a lot of loved ones. I understand that. I know that many of you have probably lost your jobs and, and, and for some of you, your peace. You're stressed, but let me remind you that you're blessed. We gotta get our minds and our hearts off of what the world says and what the government says and what social media says. Social media's been more intrusive than anything else. Separate yourself from that for a while and see how blessed you are. We don't, when you don't listen to the lies of the enemy all day and all night and you start focusing on the truth of the blessing that God has for you. Now when I say you're blessed, it doesn't mean that, that monetarily you're going to have everything. When I say blessed, it doesn't mean that you're going to be healthy for the rest of your life. When I say that you're blessed, it doesn't mean that your eyelashes are going to be long forever. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to go there. When I say you're blessed, it doesn't mean that you're always going to have that 20-year-old body. When I say you're blessed, it means that you're a son and daughter of God. That you've been grafted into the family, you've been adopted in, not by any righteousness of your own, but because of the grace and the mercy and the blood of Jesus on that cross 2,000 years ago. You're blessed. Stop living stressed. Stop living in anxiety. Stop living in depression. Stop living with a critical spirit. Stop complaining about everything and just give it to God. I woke up this morning, took a big, I'm blessed. And if nothing else happens for the rest of the day, I'm good. I'm so good because I'm alive when many are not I can walk when many can't I could see kind of it's funny my my kids are like God check this out I'm like I can't see but I'm still blessed because my blessing doesn't come from this world my blessing came from heaven and he gave me the greatest gift of all. And he gave you guys the greatest gift of all. He gave us salvation. What more can we ask for? Emmanuel. God is with us. Ephesians 2, 4-10 says, or 2, 2, 4 says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Listen, I'm going to cut to the chase right now. We've we've got two weeks left in 2020. Maybe not even that. And I don't know what 2021 has to hold for all of us or any of us. All I know is this. No matter what happens, I thank God that I'm living in his presence. And I don't have to feel his presence to know that I'm in his presence. Let me say that again. I don't have to feel his presence to know that I'm in his presence. Did you hear me? Because some of you get way too caught up on what you feel. I want to I want to keep teaching you stop going by what you feel. Feelings are good. God gave you those feelings, but sometimes feelings could lead you astray. They lead you astray. And sometimes you'll make bad decisions because of what you feel. And sometimes you'll say something that you should have never said because of what you feel. And sometimes you'll quit on something that God never meant for you to quit because of the way that you feel. Sometimes you'll want to walk away from a relationship, from a family member, from a friend because of what you feel. Can I just bring correction to some of you right now? If you have put politics before your brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to be corrected in Jesus' name. Because nobody in government will ever do anything for you. Nobody in government will ever have a personal relationship with you. And nobody in government or in this world will ever lay down their life so that you can be restored to a right relationship with the Father. Only Jesus did that. So stop being the kind of Christians that defriend people because they have a different political bias. That's not who we are. And that's not who God called us to be. God called us to be salt and light, to love the brethren to put others above ourselves. Did when did this become about a political bent or cultural? Let me tell you something. God's got way too much in store for this church and your life to break fellowship over who you voted for. Oh, you're quiet now. Good that means it's sinking in a little bit. Stop putting so much pressure on somebody else to have your political preference. Listen. Brokenness will never be able to finance your faith. Only Jesus can do that. And our responsibility is to minister to a broken world. Oh, in case you didn't know, the world is broken. And the only one who can make it right is Jesus. And guess who he chooses to work through to make that right? You. There's so much greatness in all of you, but it doesn't come from you. The greatness that is in all of you comes from God. Because it's his presence. His presence will lead you to forgive people that are unforgivable. His presence will cause you to be generous to people that you don't know because it's what Jesus would do. His presence will sometimes lead you into the most difficult and dangerous places in life. But he's for you. Listen, Jonathan told his armor bearer, he saw the Philistine arm and he goes, he says this, and I, man, I wish I had some more men around me like this. He goes, hey, Let's go pick a fight with the Philistines and see, if, see, if, see what God will do. Like, let's go pick a fight. There's only two of them. There's, there's a group of Philistines. And Jonathan was like, let's, let's go throw down and see if God will meet us there. I wonder if that's what David thought when he saw Goliath. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What was he saying? This person doesn't have a covenant with God, but I do. And because I live in covenant with God, I live in his presence. And so if God is for me, come on somebody. Who can be against me? Christian, God is with you. God is for you. God is in you. I thank God for his presence. He gave us this promise And he delivers on it. Psalms 145, 13 says, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. God holds us. Man, God is so good. I want to close for real this time with a couple of scriptures that you've already heard throughout the day. Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born and a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God is with us. And then in John chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world and he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't even recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be the children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Then in verse 14, the miracle took place. The Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Charles Spurgeon said this, Infinite and an infant, eternal yet born of a woman, almighty and yet hanging on a woman's breast, supporting a universe and yet needing to be carried it in a mother's arms. King of angels, and yet the reputed son of Joseph, heir of all things, and yet the carpenters despise son. C.S. Lewis wrote, The birth of Christ is the central event in the history of the earth, the very thing the whole story has been about. Like our whole world, our whole history. It's not about nation rising up, a- against nation or this culture or that color or this rich and this poor. It's never been about that. It's always been about being in a relationship with our Creator. From the very beginning of time to today, it's always been about God's love for us. This Christmas, we have been given the promise of His presence. And we are alive in Christ to live in His presence not just in this life but the eternal one that has been prepared and facilitated by God himself. And so for just a moment if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to God I wonder if there's anyone here who's never experienced the loving presence of our loving Savior. You've never been born again. You've never accepted Jesus Christ or maybe Maybe you have and you're far removed, you're far gone because you've decided to walk away from that relationship, to walk away from that presence. But just like David cried out, where can I hide? Jonah knew this better than anybody, that you can't run from God. We can go on and on and on and on through the Old and the New Testament. God's presence is everywhere. He's omniscient and He's omnipresent. That means He's everywhere at the same time, all the time. We can't hide from him. We can't run from him. We can't hide our brokenness from him. He sees us. And he sees you right now. He sees you this morning. And he loves you. Regardless, he loves you. In fact, he said that I love you so much that I wasn't willing that any of you would perish. So he sends the person of the Trinity, the Son, to come and to die a brutal death, to take on all of our sin, to crucify it, and pay the ultimate price for our redemption. That's the God that we serve. Not a God of religion, but a God of relationship. Not just a God of judgment, but also a God of love, grace, and truth. And I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that's never experienced that kind of love. I wonder if there's anybody watching online that's never experienced that grace, that mercy, that truth. Because it's available to you right now. And if that's you, and you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I want to surrender to that love. I want to surrender to that gift. Because God sent himself to be present with us and to take on all our iniquities. For the whosoever's of this world that would call on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Because there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through me. And if that's you and you say, Pastor, that's me, real quickly, would you just raise your hand and say, I need Jesus. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Thank you up there. Who else? Who else? Jesus, we love you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Not say it to me, but say it to God. I'm just going to lead you in this prayer. And I believe as the word has taught me throughout the last 30 years of my life, or my Christianity that when you pray from a sincere heart and you repent of your sin and you declare Jesus Christ as Savior that if you believe that he died and he rose again from you the Bible says that you will be saved that means that you will be rescued that means that you will be redeemed that means that you will be restored that means that you will be uh, 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 grafted into the family of God because God loves you Say this prayer with me. in church, would you pray this with us? Say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. I believe that you died and you rose again for me. I repent. I turn away from this world. I turn away from my past. I turn away from my sin. And I turn to you to give you my heart to give you my life, to surrender to your love and to that gift of salvation. Save me, rescue me, heal me, restore me, fill me with your presence. This I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, come on. you said that prayer and you believe that with all your heart I believe that right now come on somebody say right now I believe that right now you've been made brand new now you might say I don't I don't feel it but you need to believe it because that's what God said in his word would you stand to your feet with me today we're gonna honor God with our hearts we're gonna honor God with adoration and i just want to pray over you real quickly before we get into a, a place of worship and father i pray over everyone that's watching online and everyone in this room today god that you continue to be with us that you continue to live within our hearts in our minds father that you continue to embrace us in your presence because we don't want to be where your presence is not god with our lives will glorify you will honor you and will magnify and do what you've called us to do as preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And the church shouted, "Come on!" And the church shouted.